Easter Sunday is all about the power of God. Power of Power to be delivered, power to heal, power to set free, and power to be transformed. That same power that raised our King can be experienced at The Rock. Join us on Easter Sunday, April 12th at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. at 9321 Edgebrook. Receive the miracle working power of God in your life. Miracles happen at The Rock. The following message by Apostle Dr. Dana Carson is made possible by DCKM Partners, assisting people to know God, making Him known to others, and spreading the kingdom message around the world. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from The Kingdom Voice. In this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the Coming up today, Dr. Dana Carson proclaims how the Bible teaches us that God is the creator of the universe and human beings. God places us in situations that are impossible for man, but not impossible for God. God says in whatever you're going through, is there anything too hard for me? I want to ask you today, do you believe that there is anything that's going on in your life that's too hard for God? There are questions in life that no matter what you do, you don't have the capacity to answer. God is the only one who can answer who he is, how he is, and why he did what he did. He is the only one who can legitimize himself with his purpose. Listen now as Dr. Dana Carson teaches the legitimacy of God coming from Exodus 3 and 10 through 15. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministries. God sends Moses in this narrative of legitimacy and delegitimacy of God's people who are the offsprings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This mosaic narrative is a call to speak power to power and the ultimate determination of the legitimacy of power. God's legitimacy always establishes his rule and his rule always brings order, which is the kingdom. The narrative of God speaking to Moses at a burning bush. It's a theophanic experience. It's a pre-manifestation of God in the form of a bush. And he's speaking to Moses from a bush, a burning bush. It's nothing unique and distinct, distinctive about a burning bush because in the dry deserts of ancient Semitic countries it was common because of the heat to catch bushes of fire but the problem with this was with this one was not the fire it was that it was not consumed no matter how long it burned it was not consumed 
Even though God is an all-consuming fire, when this fire talks, it's not consumed. Thus, God speaks to Moses through this burning bush. And Moses is elected to be the conscious agent of the divine will. The human instrument by which God will use for the redemption of Israel. This is the human institution of the messenger prophet initiated. He reluctantly receives the prophetic call, which becomes very characteristic of later prophets. The prophetic office is normally embraced with great reluctancy. Moses doesn't want it. So Moses raises three objections to God. Three reasons why you shouldn't want me. <laughs> he says, first of all, who am I? God, you can use someone much more qualified than I am. Uh, God, I'm nobody to Pharaoh. And I'm nobody to the Hebrews. Who am I? Who am I? I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. So he said, I'm just a nobody. Who am I? Some of you right there in your seats, right in your situations, you don't understand. God wants to use you. And the greatest obstacle for God's purpose coming to pass in your life is your underestimation of who you are. You don't believe if God was going to do something, he would do it with and through you. Oh yeah, yeah I can see why you would use Dr. Carson. Uh, oh yeah, I can see why you would use so and so. But me? <laughs> Terrible mistake. Part of this fear and trepidation is Moses understands that he's wanted for murder back in Egypt. <laughs> Another reason is Moses knows that the Hebrew people <clears throat> consider him as a culture, uh, a culture traitor. You were raised in the courts of the Egyptians. You're not one of us. Who am I? Who are you? Who am I? It's the first argument he raised. Then two, he says, here's the other reason you probably shouldn't use me. I'm a bad choice. I don't even know your name. <laughs> look here. Look here. <laughs> look. I, I don't even know you. I don't even know your name. 
Which means Moses said, I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough knowledge about you. I'm unaware. Listen, I don't have a doctoral degree in whoever your name is, fellow. You don't want me to do this. I don't know enough. Then the third reason he raises is, okay, after God shows him all of the power and how to put your hand in there, leprosy, put it back, it's healed, throw the snake, the staff down on the ground, it becomes a snake, a serpent, you pick it up by the tail, which is a major no-no because it could turn around and just bite you, but God tells you, pick it up by the tail because anything that I do with you is going to be extreme. So I'm going to teach you that right now. You need to understand we're about to have a relationship of extremes. Oh boy, I wish I had somebody. To... I, I want you to know that what you're about to do is not going to be basic stuff. So then Moses says, well, okay, I see that power in here. However, since you're not convinced I'm not the one because of who am I and I don't even know your name I can't 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 talk I, I, I have speech speech impediment and so so so, so the, the, the very thing you calling me to do I, 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 I can't 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 That's two minutes. Give me two minutes. I can't do. Now. I have, a, I have a stutter. I have a speech impediment. Why would you call someone. To speak. Who can't speak. <laughs> Look to your neighbor and says. It's because I'm trying to establish. My legitimacy. Oh, you're going <laughs> to. The only way I can establish legitimacy is to work through you in ways that people know don't work. So God desires to demonstrate. His legitimacy in our lives. But in order for a supernatural God to be known by a natural man. He must appear in ways that legitimizes his presence. He has to appear in ways that you would not normally in the natural see him. Thus, God uses four things to help us embrace his reality of legitimacy. One, since God is trying to establish his legitimacy, he's trying to help you 
to see who he is and that he is who he says he is. The very first thing he uses is the Imago Dei. You made in my image. Now, God expects you and I to understand <clears throat> that you didn't just come because your mom and daddy got together. And your mom and daddy didn't just come because they mama and daddy came together. There had to be the beginning of humanity before there was any two people that came together. There had to be progenitors. And those progenitors had to come from somewhere. They didn't come from a big bang theory. They didn't come from evolution. Uh, they are not the uh, master intelligence that came out of chaotic circumstances and situations. And then from that point on, in, uh, uh, produced intelligent life. So... He says, the first thing I want to do to establish my legitimacy with you is to say to you, look at you. Look at your capacity. Look what you can do. Look what can become out of your life with me. Now, he says this to Moses. I made you. Moses says, I can't talk. He says, you can't send me. I can't talk. But this is what God says. Have I not made the tongue? Y'all didn't hear me. God says, have I not made the tongue? I'm trying to tell you there is nothing you're facing in life today. There is no challenge that God has put before you today that God cannot get you through because the one that made you has the ability to bring you through whatever it is you're going through. It doesn't matter about your deficiency. God says, I can fix it. Why didn't God, when he showed up to Moses and he started having a conversation, just as easy as it was to turn a hand to leprosy and then heal it, or turn a staff into a snake, he could have healed his vocal ability right on the spot. Why didn't God just give him ease of speech? Because God wants you to trust him beyond your deficiencies. Yes, there are some things you cannot do. And God said, and until you believe me for them, you'll never be able to do them. Now, are you convinced about God this morning? Now, some people say, oh yeah, I see him as a wheel in the middle of the wheel. The 
fourth man in the furnace. Oh, the man that the lions couldn't eat. I see him in the doctor in the sick room, a lawyer in the courtroom. I bridge over troubled water. I, you don't know what I've seen God do. Oh, don't get me, don't, don't get me testifying. Now, I want you to understand some of that is this deceptive delegitimizing that Satan does in your life because you saw a miracle. Moses just saw the most hideous, dangerous, life-threatening disease in his life healed by his bosom. He saw God do it. Moses saw a stick turn into a snake, but it did not give him the ability to trust God to fix, to fix his speech. Just because you've seen miracles don't mean you're right for one. This is one of the challenges. Many of us have seen too much. You've seen so much that you have now aborted what God wants to do. Thus, the prophet Isaiah said, remember not the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. There's some things that God wants to do in your life, but you gotta turn over your stammering tongue and your deficient ways and your abilities to get through. You gotta give it to God. I know, I know you wanna be in control, but you can't be in control. Because you're not God. Only God's in control. Now, now, God says, first, I want to legitimize, legitimize myself through you. I want to save you. I want to heal you. I want to feel you. With the Holy Spirit. I want to use you. As a witness. I don't want to hear about. What you've seen. Oh you don't know I grew up in church. I don't care about that. Oh you don't know I used to serve under a bishop. When bishop would walk in. He was a man that leaned back. And when he would walk in like this. And he would say woohoo. And people would get healed. Oh bishop was powerful. But let me tell you something, regardless of what you've seen, it has nothing to do with what you need. You better understand now, you better trust God right now. God's trying to legitimize himself in your life right now. What are you doing living off of the Red Sea and you weren't even in that era? Oh yeah, I know he can. Oh, I know he can. Yes, Lord. Don't, don't play with me. I know he can. See, all of that kind of stuff is what hinders the legitimacy of God. God's trying to do some legitimate things in your life. God's trying to turn your worst nightmare into your best dream. God's trying to turn your problems around with your children, with your family, 
with your finances, with your body, with your career, with your ministry. He's trying to turn it around. But the problem is, you're using all these top grade excuses to cover your main excuse, which is a personal deficiency. It ain't about, I don't know your name. Y'all don't want to talk to me. <laughs> eh, eh. It's not about who I am. It's about your own fear of your own personal inabilities. What if I get out here, God, and fail? Well, without me, you ain't got to say what if. Without me, you going to fail. Oh, but if you go out there with, I'm on your side. That's what he told Moses. I am with you. Look to your neighbor and say, God is with you when you are with God. See, that's the problem. You got to get on the Lord's side. Let me hurry here. So number two. Number two. God legitimizes himself not only by emphasizing his sovereignty and his potency over your life and being but two the authority of his name so Moses says when I go to both Pharaoh and Israel both of them are going to be curious about your name Thus, Israel's going to want to know who you are. Pharaoh's going to want to know who you are. Both got different reasons, but both have the same question. Now, see, the authority in the name of God in this text, YHWH, you have here where it's translated Adonai when it's Yod Hey Wah Hey. It's called the Tetragrammaton, no vowel markers, only consonants, making it impossible for you to pronounce the name of God. Because the name of God was supposed to be so sacred that they couldn't come across your lips. So you couldn't pronounce, you couldn't pronounce it, there were no vowel markers. And so the Jews end up just calling him Adonai. So here, it's very, very important. So when you see the word Yahweh or Adonai, it's to assert confidence in his strength and presence in order to bring you efficient aid. Which means if you associated with my name, there ain't nothing that can hurt you. Y'all don't like this now. So Yahweh in a Hebraic perspective means really to blow or to breathe. Which means to live. So... He says, go tell them life sent you. <laughs> oh, 
who said, who sent, who should I say sent me? Tell them life sent you. He who breathes and he that blows, that's who sent me. Thus, Abram, I mean Moses here is asking though for a name revelation. Well, what do you mean, Dr. Carson, the name revelation? Well, in progressive revelation, God over time reveals to us who he is. And we ultimately understand who he is in Christ Jesus, who's the fullness of the Godhead. He is the apex of progressive revelation. So all through the Old Testament, we gain greater insight of who he is and how he is based upon his name or the name Revelation. So what Moses is asking for here is if you're God and you want me to go do this, I need a revelation. I need you to give me some insight of who you are. Thus, we see the foundation of Moses' request throughout Genesis. And we're in Exodus now because in Genesis, God revealed aspects of his name. In Genesis 14, 18 through 20, he reveals to Abraham, I am El Elyon, the most high God. He reveals to Hagar in Genesis 16 and 13, I am El Roi, the God who sees you. In Genesis 17, he revealed to Abraham, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. In Genesis 21, he again revealed to Abraham that I am El Olam, eternal God, everlasting God. He revealed to Jacob in Genesis 31 and 13, I am El Bethel, the God of Bethel. So Moses wanted to know, what's my revelation? Now, this is a reasonable request. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you're about to become the God of Moses? Well, I need you to give me some revelation. Who shall I say sent me? And he said to Moses, your revelation is to thus thus he 
says to Moses, I am. Thus, when he says to Moses, I am, the third thing he's then saying, know that I am. Look to your neighbor and say, no, that I am. See, that's your problem. You come to church like it's a rabbit foot. You come to church like it's a magic spell. God's not here to do tricks for you. God wants you to know who he is. The Bible say, that says that they that know their God shall do mighty exploits. The Bible says, I know in whom I believe that he is able to keep whatever I've committed to him. I'm trying to tell you today, there ain't nothing you're going through that God can't take care of. Thus, he says, know that I am. You go into the New Testament, help me Holy Ghost. And you see the I am of God in Hebrews 11 and 6. But the reason you need the I am's of God is because in order for God to give you or to establish legitimacy in your life, then God always places you in the astronomical. God always places you in the extreme possibilities. God places us in situations that are impossible for man, but not impossible for God. God says in whatever you're going through, is there anything too hard for me? I want to ask you today, do you believe that there is anything that's going on in your life that's too hard for God? Thus, God places us in situations and circumstances that are designed to draw or to drive us to reliance upon him. Thus, you see these patterns. He has Moses pick up the snake where? At the extreme, at the astronomical. He sends him to tell Pharaoh to let his people go in the astronomical. It took 10 plagues before the people got released. Then he leads them. He's the architect of the world. He didn't have to lead them to the Red Sea. He could have led them around the Red Sea. But it is the will of God that, <laughs> that circumstances and situations in our lives come to a halt to a place where we can do nothing but wait for the legitimacy of God because it's only in those circumstances that we are clear that he's real. It is only in those circumstances that it is clear that he's on our side. It's only in those circumstances that we understand I'll never leave you nor forsake you some of you are at the red sea some of you 
have come to the land of the giants in Canaan. Some of you have come to the Jordan River. Some of you have come to the place of Gideon with 300 against hundreds of thousands of enemies. And God has put you in that situation because he's trying to establish legitimacy. You don't believe in God. You question and second, uh, second guess his existence all the time. Well, God said, but wait to see what I'm about to do right now. And when I get you out of this, you're going to know that the Lord is on my side. You're going to know that he that is with us is greater than those that are against us. You're going to know if God before me, he's more than the world against me to hear this message in its entirety visit drdanacarson.org and search for the legitimacy of god if you would like to go even further in your understanding of the kingdom of god we invite you to enroll in the online kingdom bible university check this out are you ready to experience a greater dimension to god the Kingdom Bible University was birthed to meet the needs of today's Kingdom believers that have busy lives with family, career, and ministry. At KBU, we desire to see you fulfill your Kingdom mandate and live to your Christ-centered full potential. Through KBU, you can achieve the Kingdom knowledge and empowerment of the Bible that will enhance your spiritual life. KBU is your right choice for a Kingdom education that is affordable, reliable, and accessible just for you. Find more information about KBU at KingdomBibleUniversity.com and watch God transform your life one kingdom learning opportunity at a time. Before we end this broadcast, we would like to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Please repeat this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now acknowledging that I am a sinner and in need of your grace. Save me, Lord. Make me clean. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now, if you said this prayer, we celebrate with you. We invite you to join online to further your kingdom journey at www.therockwoi.com and click on join online. We would love to assist you through your new kingdom life. The preceding message by Dr. Dana Carson is made possible by DCKM Partners, assisting people to know God, make him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Check out his website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the Kingdom Voice. Become a DCKM partner today and make a difference in the world around you at www.drdanacarson.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Dana Carson, Senior Leader at The Rock, WOI, 9321 Edgebrook, Houston, Texas. I want to take this time to invite you to come worship with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. Man, our services are off the chain. I want you to come and experience my powerful teaching on the kingdom of God and enjoy the wonderful community of the saints. You and your family will be tremendously blessed. Join me here 
at the Rock 9321 Edgebrook, where we're keeping it on the air. The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org.